can you tell us a little bit about being a journalist? Sure. Um, I love researching. I didn't always. I actually hated researching when I was in school. But um, I, I've always been very curious. And I love storytelling. I love digging deeply into things. So I think those combine to, to really foster my love of journalism. When I was younger, I was always in high school and college. I was on the staff of the school paper. Um, and then I, my first job in journalism was the summer before college. I interned for a daily paper here in Maine and loved it so much that I decided to pursue it as a career. But I, I would definitely say telling stories, um, telling people's stories is a big part of that, but also doing that in-depth research to get to know the topics really well and then presenting it in a way um, that people can understand and hopefully take away some really important messages. Um, that's why I keep doing it because I do, I do love communicating, especially when it involves those, those key emotional messages that people can relate to from other people's stories. What are the ethics about writing about historical figures? That's a great question too. Um, you know, I, I don't know that other than making sure that it's true, um, there's no list anywhere, but I think everyone brings their own integrity to this process. Like there, there are a few picture book biographies that I have written and am in the process of writing that actually will be announced very soon. They're coming out. I have several more on the way. Um, you want to make sure that you stay very true to who you are while you're writing their story. I mean, I always kind of do a heart check-in. Like, first of all, obviously, is this true? Um, especially if they're no longer living, you need to be able to verify. So you can either find a family member or make sure you've done your research and checked it with multiple sources, if there are multiple sources. Um, and, and also, you know, looking everywhere you can to to find information and i you you've probably seen this but just in case you haven't this was one of my favorite talk about researching historical figures um so if you go to my website um there's a link to click on for a teacher's guide where you can see the actual letter but i actually i printed out a copy so can you see that? This is a copy of the actual letter that Feb Byrne wrote to her son. This is the envelope, which, you know, I just think is so cool. Um, because when you're talking about historical figures, those primary documents become so important. Like I said, especially if they're no longer living, you want to make sure that A, you're accurate and B, you've researched everything you can about them so you can stay true to yourself and stay true to them. Did you visit tech Tennessee when you were um, writing the voice that won the vote? These are all great questions. No, I did not. I wish I had. I actually, the year that I wrote this, I was super sick with something called Lyme disease that came from a tick bite. So I didn't even really leave the house most of that year. Um, all my work was done sitting at my desk 
on the computer, on the phone. Um, but I definitely hope to be there someday to, to be at the scene of where it all happened. Thankfully, my illustrator, Vivian Mildenberger, who is amazing, she lives in Tennessee, um, actually really close, close to where this pivotal vote took place. But no, I did not get to go there. Uh, but I, it's on my list. Once, once we can all travel again, that's on my list. <laughs> yeah. Okay, one quick follow-up question for that. Do you think that if you were able to go in person to places, would that have changed your writing or would that have made your sources better? You guys have such good questions. You should all be journalists. Um, you know, I always, if I have a choice, I think it's always better to be there, um, you know, because my background is as a newspaper journalist and as a TV journalist. So I was always used to going to the scene and just, you know, talking to people and absorbing the energy of the place. And I think there's definitely something, if you can, about um, being there, where it all happened. Having said that, um, I did so much research for this story and I talked to so many people, including um, a librarian you know, in, in Tennessee who was just so helpful and told me every single detail and more. I don't know that I could have written the story any better, um, but I really wish that I could have absorbed the energy of the place. Um, and whenever you can, I do think that that is a wonderful option. And um, writing, writing children's books, it's, it's pretty much the first time that I haven't been able to be on location in the actual place where it all happened. Um, you know, in journalism, I am, if I'm, if I'm interviewing people, I'd like to do it in person. These interviews all had to take place over the phone, but that is definitely my preference to do it uh, in person. But I don't think, I don't think it affected the outcome of the story. And like I said, I have more on the way and those, I've not been able to go to the location either, either because they're very far away or because, you know, we're in a pandemic. Um, and I hope the stories are as good as they would be if I had actually gone on location. And to a follow-up question, who did you interview? Well, I interviewed, so this, this library um, in Tennessee, they were fantastic. I interviewed people there. Um, I interviewed historians, a lot of a lot of historians who knew about this time period. Um, I actually interviewed a distant relative of Feb Byrne, so that was really exciting. We went back and forth via email. Um, he's the he's the grandnephew. Um, and and so that was super exciting. You know, I felt like he was my connection to the story and he had just written a book that came out um, just before mine about Harry Byrne and the whole vote. And you know, this was such a little known piece of history before I, before I found out about it. I mean, there, there were no books about this particular event, about this particular woman. So as I did all this research and the more people I interviewed, you no, know, I, I was just, I was surprised that nothing had been written about her specifically. And I knew that it, the more people I interviewed, I knew that this was a story that I wanted to tell.
Who was your favorite Shuffle Jack? My what? Your favorite Shuffle Jack. My favorite suffragette. You know, I have to say Fed Byrne because you asked about being a journalist. As a journalist, I've, I've always been drawn to the little known figures in history. You know, the people who don't get all the glory. And there are so many who, who you know about who get all the glory. Um, so I have to say Fed Byrne. I feel very close to her and I feel very fortunate to have gotten to know her through the book. And, and also, you know, I appreciate the fact that no one really knows much about her. Um, again, I was super surprised that this was the first book about her. I mean, other books had mentioned her, but I was very surprised that someone who had such a key role in, you know, in women getting the right to vote was just kind of a footnote in history. So I have to say she's my favorite suffragette. And um, how did you hear about Fedburn? Oh, this is so funny. People laugh when I say this, especially kids. I, I mean, I laugh too. It's, and sometimes I don't even say this because it's like people expect this, this big, you know, <laughs> wonderful um, romantic story about how I found her. This is how I found her. I did an internet search for little known women in the suffrage movement. <laughs> that is how I found her. And I wasn't like looking through libraries. That, no, it was an internet search. My literary agent actually suggested, he told me, so this was about three years ago now. He told me that the 100th anniversary of Women's Right to Vote was coming up. So he said, how about a book about it? And that's all he said. So it was up to me to find the topic. I you know, I, I love stories about women's rights. I thought it was a great topic, but I was like, how am I going to narrow this down? Um, so, you know, having, having my penchant for these little known figures, these unsung heroes in history, I literally typed into Google, <laughs> little known women in the suffrage movement. And, and I, I had a bunch of ideas, but this one kept saying yes to me. I mean, the more I researched her story and how she really stood up for what she believed in at a time when society was trying to keep women so small and so quiet, I knew that I had to write about her. So that is how I found her. See, you can keep doing internet searches. They can leave you look. So how did publishing your first book change your process of writing? Ooh. I'm telling you, do any of you want to be a journalist? Because these are some of the best questions I have ever gotten. Um, yes, do some of you? I mean, it's one of my options. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, because we ask a lot of questions. You know, I, I would say it made me go outside my comfort zone in that you have to do a lot of marketing of yourself. Um, which is a little bit uncomfortable for me. You know, sometimes people think since I've been a TV reporter that I'm, I'm more comfortable than I actually am um, being out there and promoting myself. And 
that was something that was pretty tough for me to get used to, you know, all the social media promotion. Um, I love, 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 love talking to kids. So, you know, my, my library visits, my school visits, which have all been online, but those have been amazing. And those, those aren't uncomfortable for me, but I'd say all of the social media promotion, um, has pushed me outside my comfort zone enough. And I know I'm going to have to be doing it more and more, especially during a pandemic. You know, people are having such a hard time. A lot of them are, are struggling to put food on the table. And here I am saying, here's my book, buy it. It, it, it just feels a little weird. Um, but at the same time, I know that this is an important part of my career now. What has helped is I belong to a group called the Soaring Twenties, and we all help promote each other's work. So I do feel like I'm not in it alone. And I think that's probably a, another part to my answer um, about how this has changed my, my writing process. I definitely, and, and this is so wonderful, I feel more a part of the children's literature community because there really is a big community of writers and illustrators and editors and agents who work really hard to lift each other up um, and not necessarily, you know, buy his book, buy her book. It's more like we're all in this together. It's really important to, to get kids reading and to introduce them to concepts that they may not be aware of. Um, so that's been a really stellar part of this process for me is becoming a part of this wonderful children's literature community, which of course includes children like you. Who is this book dedicated to and what? Oh, so this book is dedicated to my son, Evan who is 17 and I, as I was writing it, I was joking with him like, see, you should always listen to your mother because you can actually change history by <laughs> listening to your mother. Um, but you know, it's also, I also dedicated it to pretty much everyone who's ever felt silenced in any way. Um, because I always wanted my son to know and I, I want him to know how much his voice matters. I want all children to know. I want all adults to know that their voices matter. I mean, if I could pick one takeaway that, that I, one lesson that I hope people receive from this book, it would be that your voice matters. Because when I grew up, I don't think that I was sure that mine did. Um, and I, I believe it's so important, especially for kids, to clarify what matters to you, you know, to, to really search your heart and see what's in there, what lights up as being uh, of the utmost importance to you, and then giving yourself permission to communicate that. So here's what's important to me, and having the courage, you know, like Feb and her son did, having the courage to give voice to that into the world. So I hope that, I hope that you all know how much your voices matter uh, because I really, you know, that's one thing that I wish that I had known growing up is, is that my voice actually did matter and that I could use it out in the world to make a difference. What new books are you 
writing. I wish I could say, and do you know what? You will be among the first to know. I promise that I will email you. The reason I can't say is because I've signed contracts for them. So I've actually already written them. They're all nonfiction for children, but they haven't been officially announced yet. So I'm not allowed to say. But watch for this email. There's an announcement about one of them coming out. Should be in the next couple of weeks. Um, and then several more. But I'm so sorry, I can't say. I know that's so obnoxious. <laughs> I can say yeah, books coming up and not be able to say what they are. It was very hard for me too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I have to keep it a secret just for a couple more weeks. But I will let you know. <laughs> but I can say that they are... They're all nonfiction and they're all uh, for children. They're all picture books so far. I'm working on some for older kids. Um, and they all have a message of standing up for what you believe in and staying true to yourself. And a couple of them are about unsung heroes. So th this is a theme in my work and, and my new books carry that same thing. Okay. Um, if you could tell your younger writing self anything, what would it be? Oh, I love it. Um, let me think about that. You know, I think it would be, besides your voice matters, which I definitely wish I had known, it would be to listen to your heart. I did not know how to do that. I think I probably heard people say it. I had no idea what it means, but um, it means to really pay attention to what lights you up. And it may not be, you know, what, what was in my friend's heart or what was in my parents' heart. Um, I, I think I used to, especially as a, as a younger writer, I used to listen a lot to other people, which is good. Um, especially your parents, you should listen to them, but, <laughs> but it's equally important to really get quiet with yourself and ask what matters to me? You know, what is, what is in your heart? What makes you feel happy and, and glad to be alive? And what are some causes that are important to you? Um, you know, what, what makes you sad even? Because the things that make you sad sometimes I think can lead to, to the best pieces of writing. Um, so I don't think I knew how to go there as a very young writer. And that's something that I hold very dear now and that I do wish that my younger writer self had known. What was your most famous article and why do you think it was your most famous one? My news articles? Oh, let's see. Well, there were so many and I don't know if I could pick one. But one of my, um, one of my most meaningful assignments was, and, and there, were, there were many of these, I interviewed quite a few survivors of the Holocaust. And as a journalist, I have to say those were some of my most meaningful interviews, especially because you know, they know that time is running out to tell their stories. There are not 
very many of them left. And so I felt like it was such an honor to be able to be, be their voice and pass these stories along. And um, one of my books actually has to do with that theme. So I am, I am super proud of that. But yeah, so I would say, and those, well, both the newspaper and television, I interviewed Holocaust survivors and, and I have to say I'm most proud of those pieces. But there were so many. So when you were talking about how you used to be like a news anchor, did you always have that career path for your life? Like, did you always say that I wanted to do something that had to do with writing or did you have something that you had your mind really set on? You know, I never wanted to be on the news. I never did. And this is kind of a funny story. So I always wanted, well, ever since high school, I wanted to be a newspaper reporter. And so I did that. And then I, I was a reporter for a daily paper in Massachusetts for a couple of years. And then I just kind of got, got the bug. Like, I really want to go to graduate school for this. And you don't need to, um, but I really wanted to. So I, I applied and I said, well, if I get in, then I'm meant to go. So I applied to Columbia, which was my number one choice. And I got in, so I went there. But my intention was to learn more about newspaper reporting, dig in a little deeper. They had a great uh, school newspaper that, you know, I had always admired the writing from that. So that was my intent. And then one day I accidentally walked into a TV news reporting class and I stayed and I loved it so much that I decided to do both. So I actually, I majored in both newspaper and television and I didn't know what I was gonna do when I got out um, and I got jobs in both, but the job I got in TV news was my first job out of graduate school. And that was back in my home state of Maine, where I really wanted to be. So that was the first job I took was a reporter for the ABC affiliate, um, in a tiny, tiny town called Bangor, Maine. And then my next job was also in TV in a bigger city. So before graduate school, I was newspaper. After graduate school, I was TV. And then I started doing more magazine journalism, um, more freelance, and that led to teaching it. So I taught newspaper and television reporting. And then I feel like I kind of combined everything by starting to write nonfiction for kids. Okay, well, thank you so much for being with us today. When My pleasure. Thank you so much for asking. I'm so happy that this worked out. And thank you for doing what you're doing because you are raising so much awareness about a really important topic. And let me know if I can help in any other way. Seriously, you know where to find me. So reach out anytime. Thank you so yes, much. And we you. look forward to your new books. We're so excited oh. for those. We'll be one of the people buying them during the pandemic. So oh. <laughs> count on us. Well, I promise I will let you know. And I'm so sorry that I can't right now, but I promise I will let you know. Oh, yes. that's exciting. We'll look yes. forward to it. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you Bye. again. Bye.